Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, have you ever wondered what it would be like to work with a coach on a one-to-one basis? As a master NLP business coach, I work with a variety of people, helping them to articulate and achieve their goals. Research shows that working with a coach is one of the most effective ways to improve your performance at work. Interested? Then why not book in a chat with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. Today, I have the very great pleasure of chatting with someone who knows the higher education sector and students really well. He had a career in TV production before turning his attention to the world of new media and multi-platform projects. He set up the company he has today back in December 2007. And since then, it's gone from strength to strength, helping universities better understand their students and communicate with them more effectively. This is going to be such a fascinating conversation. Please welcome Simon Horniblow from Campus Life. Thank you very much, Mel. I've got a lot to live up to there with that introduction. Thank you. Are you well? I am very well indeed. So I'm guessing that quite a few of our listeners will know Campus Life, know what you do, but there will be many that don't. So perhaps you can share a little bit with us about Campus Life, what you do, and the journey that you've been on over the last 15 years. Yeah, and I hope people do know of us. And, uh, you know, we've been here, like you say, a long time, 14, nearly 15 years now. Um, We're a marketing communications business, an agency that specialises in supporting universities and private accommodation providers in delivering the very best student experience through digital communication and engagement. We work with a whole load of universities. I think I think we say 85. I think, you know, there's probably around 40 or 50 that we work with regularly. And the others come to us as and when they they need a campaign or sort of ad hoc project work. Um, and then, that, you know, some of the, the main PBSAs as well that are out there. And we've, we've really specialised in that now over the last few years. In a number of ways, we do video production. So a lot of accommodation videos and information for students that we've obviously seen the huge rise in video, online video for people. I mean, when we started the business, there was this rumbling of this thing called YouTube was going to arrive. And it was going to be big, Mel. It was going to be big. <laughs> Um, you know, and so we've ridden that wave and obviously the, the advent of all the sort of modern networks, TikTok, Instagram, all the stuff that's happening with the Chinese social media as well. So we've really tried to be at the very front of that and support universities and accommodation providers in particular to use those tools where their students already are. And I think that's the thing, you know, we know students and, and younger young people are the first adopters of all of this stuff. And it's very difficult to stay on top of it all and keep it moving forward. So for us, we've always tried to be that trusted partner that people can come to. And and, and I hope we try and keep the sector ahead of the game with that communication and the stuff that they need in order to speak 
to their students. On top of that, we have our own digital platforms. We, we built a platform many years back called Browser, which is in a number of universities, often white labeled. So it's the accommodation and campus services team's own portal for getting messages out to the students. And a couple of years back, we launched our own induction platform called Welcome. Um, we really wanted to provide the best way of introducing students into their accommodation to the university. And we have a, a digital tool called Welcome that lets us do that. And we purposely called it Welcome because we thought that was how we should view this you know actually if you know these students are going on the most expensive and exciting holiday they'll ever go on they've spent ages researching it working out where they're going to live I and mean, actually you know we were seeing for some universities the first stage in that process was sending them a, a book about all the things that you mustn't do while you're here and things you'll get in trouble for and it was like no, this can't be right you know actually welcome was the way that we believe that that should be so as a business we have our digital platforms we have our uh, video production and then we also have our consultancy and insight service where we can work with universities and accommodation providers to understand the students they have and the strategy that they need to implement in order to get the best engagement uh, with, with the student body that they have at their university. So varied, but we are all about engagement and very passionate about it too. I'm very passionate about students because we first met almost when you started. We were one of the early adopters, weren't we, of Browser. And you really helped us carve out our communication and, and engagement with students. Over the 15 years, what have you seen change for students? Well, there's been a, a number of big changes, but I think the, the biggest one we've changed, I think, if, if we bring it right up to there, I think the, the students that we're talking to now, and we do a lot of focus group a lot of work with students directly i think they are much more considered now about that return on investment seeing that is a big change over the last 14 years from you know this perhaps feeling of well i'm going to go to uni i'm going to have a great time i'm going to find out who i am oh and i'm going to learn something while i'm there i think there was always this idea that well you should go to uni because it's a good three years to get your independence and so on i think that mindset's very different now and i think actually the number one priority for students or for 17, 18 year olds when they're deciding where to go is, you know, well, hold on, I'm going to make this investment. And it is an investment in time and a financial investment and a significant one as well. What are my career employability prospects after that? Like, why am I doing this course? What does it lead to? What's the benefit? And also, what are the alternatives? And I think we're seeing lots and lots of alternatives come to the market now you know we, we've been talking to some corporate organizations who provide a degree as part of their employment program so you can go and get a job and spend three years with an employer and come out of it with a degree without the debt so i think there's a definite change there and i think i wouldn't go as far to say that students are consumers but i think they are looking for that return investment and think a lot more about the decision they're making than perhaps they ever did before alongside that there's a lot more information out there than there ever was before I, mean, I know when I went to university back in 2002, you know, we had the printed prospectus that you sat there and you read every single word of it and looked at the pictures and oh, it looks nice there, doesn't it? You know, and that was pretty much the limit. I think, you know, I did the open day and I'd walk around the campus and a decision was made based on those two pieces of information, really. Whereas now... Uh, YouTube and, and social media, you can get a very good idea for what that university is like, what that course is like, what your life might be like in that city. 
And I think this generation now is really taking the time to consume as much of that information as possible and make a really informed decision. And I think that provides, again, a a challenge to all of the universities and and accommodation providers in making sure that the information that's out there is correct and represents them well and is honest and genuine and is accessible to as as broad an audience as possible because that information is already there. The students who live there are already creating it. And so I think it's important that they're part of that conversation. But that's been a huge change for us over the last few years. I think it's for the, the benefit of everybody, really, isn't it? I definitely think there were friends of mine who went to university, you know, for the uni experience and actually the jobs that they got at the end of it, they could have definitely got without going to university. But now I think people are, are, are much more considered in terms of that decision that they're making. Absolutely. And I think it's also understanding, isn't it, for for people that are working in positions of leadership that you've got that part. And I absolutely agree with you about making sure that your content is right and all of that but then you've got the experience of the students that are actually there at the time haven't you and how you can engage with them and give them an experience so that they almost become your advocates because of the spread of social media if something isn't right within a in a university hall or there's something wrong on a particular academic course it goes out to the world doesn't it absolutely i think that was, i think that's been overlooked for a long time and i think you know a lot of central marketing teams for universities are are very much concentrating on that recruitment piece getting the students into the university and it's very secondary or for some universities as well i think not even on the radar of the central marketing communications team that you have a body of students here that need that communication, who need to be engaged with, and actually could be your advocates going forwards. And so I think that's often where we've stepped in and been able to support that kind of missing piece of the jigsaw, because you're quite right, if you give them a great experience, they'll tell everybody about it and they'll talk about it. And not only that, you know, they'll benefit from that experience that they have at that university. And we see in the States and elsewhere where the alumni is a huge part of a of a university and a big contributor financially as well back into those institutions we don't tend to have that so much here in the UK with a few exceptions of of institutions that do it very well but there isn't that perhaps feeling that well I'm from this university and I'll always be from this university and I'll support it going forward I don't think we're very good at that and I think a number of universities in the last few years have now made steps to better engage with their uh, alumni and really try and create that feeling because I think it's important you know and I know we, I've, I've been invited back to my previous university to talk and uh, share my experience and so on and I think that stuff's important isn't it you need to know that there are opportunities beyond the course and actually the university is giving those people that chance that education that's going to deliver something at the end of it absolutely and I think that it's creating that sense of community both with the students and the staff a a lot of the work that I do is actually with the teams that work within universities and so often when I'm speaking with them it's that sense of pride of working within a university and we want to create that for the students because that is something almost money can't buy then it's with you from whatever age you go to university right throughout your career and and it's lovely isn't it when you hear people that are you know in the latter stages of their career but they still have such an affinity for the university that they went to and it can help to counter that argument of what's my ROI (laughs) what am I going to get well you're going to get a lifelong partner I suppose that will be there. I think you use exactly the right word when you talk about community and it is about building community. And I think some universities do that really well. And I think what we saw with during COVID was 
we'd seen everybody on campus and actually that was you know for many institutions or accommodation providers that was well our communities here they're all part of it and suddenly when they weren't there anymore and they were all back at home how do you then keep that community spirit alive and again i think we saw that challenge come to the front during that period where you really needed to sell that identity and that passion that that belonging that you may not be on our campus but you're still part of our community and we're still we still care about you and we still want to deliver for you and i and i think actually the, the sector as a whole rose that challenge really really well and went well above and beyond and i know that newspapers and the stories that we see online perhaps at times had a different story because they cherry picked uh, you know as, as they as they will the stories they wanted to show but actually when we spoke to the teams on the ground they were moving heaven and earth to make sure they could deliver for both the students still stuck on campus and for those that weren't there anymore so but, but it is that community it's that passion isn't it it's about caring about it it's about wanting to be part of it and I think as like I say I think students have students have researched their decision to be at that university more than they perhaps ever have before you've got an audience the right point there saying i want to engage with this i want to be part of it uh, and i think that's where every institution and organization you know you start in a great place you can only really go downhill from there <laughs> you know, they've chosen you they want to live they want to be part of this and that's what you help them to do so beautifully with everything that you do, you have your fingers on the pulse in terms of where students are at, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. I also know that you have a very young, dynamic team. You often recruit graduates. So I'm really interested. What for you are some of the great challenges, but also the brilliance that you can unleash with that new graduate level? I'll tell you why we're passionate about bringing young talent to our business. And one of those answers is really obvious because we work with young people every day in terms of students and we know the importance of that but both myself and Oliver who started Campus Life we'd been at university doing a film tv production degree and enjoying our university experience and all the rest of it we both took placements in the third year you could take a three-month placement or work experience internship it was called sorry I was fortunate enough to get one with a with a tv production company here in Leeds Ollie did a um, did a placement as well with a with a production company too and I remember you know turn up on my first day and get in there fully ready to shadow someone for the next three months and they showed me to my desk said oh this will be your desk this is your computer here's your phone and I remember turning around them and saying like, oh, oh I think you I think you've misunderstood I'm here on work experience I'm not a not, you know not an employee and they went no no, no you yeah, but you need a desk and you need a computer and I was like oh okay and straight away they started giving me tasks and and things to do and but I think that feeling of kind of um of trust of belief and being empowered to sort of say, no, no, you're, you're here to learn. And we get that, but we want you to be involved. We want you to be hands-on. We want you to, to get on with it. And I think I learned so much over that three-month period about the, the real world and what would be expected of me. I mean, I'd gone off to university to do this film and TV production degree, perhaps not really knowing what the likelihood of a job at the end of it was. Um, but actually going into the industry and spending that time, and it was a brilliant company that I was with, having that belief in me and, and throwing me in at the deep end, yeah, I think it really made me and really made me realise this is what I could be doing for a living. This would be my role. And so I me and Ollie both say, you know, we wouldn't have done what we've done now had we not had those placements, had we not been given that opportunity to work in a sector. So, so we're really passionate about giving that back. So we always take on work experience. I mean, we're here in 
uh, we're in Headingley, and I know you know Leeds very well, Mel. Uh, we're in the centre of Headingley, our postcode LS6. I think there's 25,000 students in our postcode. You know, we're right in the very heart of it. We're really passionate about bringing in people and work experience from, you know, both the neighbouring universities and the wider Yorkshire universities as well. Uh, we offer internships. We've recently also been involved in the kickstart scheme that the, the government have been doing again. And we, we're really passionate about bringing in that young talent. And we love empowering people to do things and be creative and, and create stuff that's for that young audience. So, you know, we benefit from it as well as giving something back because we've always got these people here that we can be working on a project and sort of say, then what do you think to this? And they go, yes, all right. And we go, great, back to the drawing board then, you know, start again. But, but having that young talent in the business is I think what's made us successful and made us as creative and as good as we are. Because also that it's a move, it's it's constantly evolving. You know, the 21, the 18 to 21 year olds that are at university today are totally different to the 18 to 21 year olds that are at university five years ago. You know, we can't keep doing the same thing. It has to evolve. It has to change. And the way to do that is by, by having th- those people who are close to that age group to be part of it. It's great. I think the challenges that come along with that are for us, every single member of staff in our team is customer facing. Everybody from day one is involved with talking to, to customers, whether that's on these Zoom calls now or previously face-to-face or email phone calls. But they're all involved in that and we, we we like that. We think that's really important because they have knowledge and information and experience that's useful in those conversations. The challenge we get, some people really get that and grab hold of it and love it and go, wow, I'm, my voice is important and I have a place here and wow, they're interested in what I've got to say and, and a part of it. And then on the other side, some people don't quite get it and they're like, I need much more support. I need much more handholding. I want someone to sort of stand over me and show me what to do. And so I think we always have to help everyone that comes into the business to make sure that we get get that aligned. Uh, and, and also the other side of it is obviously we are a commercial business as well. And I think sometimes that's the bit that fortunately we have you know good older heads in the business that can can work that one through. We can let the uh, younger team be creative and come up with all these great ideas and ways of doing things and then understand how that, that works within a business environment both for us and for the, the customers that we work with as well, who are then they are commercial entities in terms of accommodation providers and university accommodation teams too. So, um, but no, it's fun. And I and I often forget that I'm now 38 and I think I'm still 21 and we go to the bars in Headingley and I'm like, hey guys, I'm cool. And then, I, then I'm very quickly reminded by someone in the team that I'm not, and that I'm now 38. <laughs> we won't talk about my age. I think that's a really interesting point that that you bring up there which is about bringing that that young talent in so that you keep connected with 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 your customers and and when I've worked with people that are sort of I don't know even five or six years out of university it's amazing how your perspective has changed so having those people in the business that are closer to it and encouraging them to speak up really can add to your business and the quality of what you're doing and how you're doing it and be able to ensure that you engage, which goes back to what we were talking about before, which is the current students being your advocates so that you have this complete cycle. And I think sometimes we can lose sight of that, can't we? We can think that, well, experience is is far more important, but you've got those people that, that sort of have been around a bit longer but also that young talent as well. And it, it's about creating that that diversity, but recognising 
that everyone brings something different and we can't think me at the ripe old age I am in my 50s you getting near 40 dare I say it but that we we don't have the same perspective as somebody 17 or 18 going through the university experience. And it's so important to recognise that. And I think a lot of people in the sector do, but I've also sat in meetings with you know, people who run these accommodation teams who are responsible for looking after thousands of students, you know, and they'll very, you know, they'll, they'll tell me very proudly, oh, I don't know anything about Facebook or oh, Instagram, what's that? And it's like, that's fine, but like, want to know about it. Like, you've got to be an expert, but understand that's a daily ritual for the thousands of students that live in your accommodation. And if you want to talk to them or you want to be engaged with them or you want to build this community like they do, then at least under, at least have some knowledge of it or at least be aware of it, you know, and I think the vast majority do, but I think it's important to be aware that the things we did five years ago, 10 years ago, 14 slash 15 years ago are not the same things that we can do now, you know, and, and it's changed very much. And actually having young talent in the team is hugely beneficial. Like for us, you know, we'd first heard about TikTok because some of the guys here were using it. And it's like, oh, you know, what's this? Oh, it's this thing. We can edit videos. And, and it, well, it wasn't even called TikTok at that time. It was it was lyrically, you know, and we were looking at that. And obviously over the last now two, three years, TikTok has become probably the primary route alongside Instagram for getting that messaging out. But we benefited from that early knowledge of the team here using it. And you kind of go, oh, there's something in this because if these guys are using it, it, it must now be or coming up to being widely used by that demographic. So you do benefit. And I, I think the HE sector is a really interesting one because I think it should do, I think they need to do more to champion that talent and to champion the idea of, working in the higher education sector all the other sectors are, are falling over themselves trying to recruit the best graduates and find them and offer them these graduate schemes and these elaborate packages of come and work for us and you'll get this this and this like the he sector has them already there on the doorstep you know and for some reason it's not seen as an attractive sector to work in or a place to be or a, a place with opportunity and i do think the sector needs to do more to promote itself as a viable sector for a long-term career and something that you may want to consider when you finish university. I don't, I don't think it does it very well. And it's a shame because it is a very rewarding and exciting sector. And one that actually as a student, you could almost jumpstart your career in because you're like, well, hold on. I'm, I already know a lot about this. I've just spent three years here doing this. So I definitely think there's some work to do with that. And I think some people do. I know um, Cubo are doing the um, Residence Life Rising Stars Awards and and trying to champion that. But I do think there could be more that we could do as a sector as a whole to actually promote this sector as as somewhere you might want to work and have a career because it, it is fun and it's and, it, and it's changing and it's so much happening. I mean, Mel, you you know you've worked in this sector for a while and it, it is every day is different, isn't it? Every year is different and the challenges and things that come along are great fun to try and try and solve. Absolutely. It is a fantastic sector to work in. It is so interesting. It keeps you young, even if you're you're not quite there with with the 17, 18 year olds, just because of what you're doing. You're learning all the time. They evolve. It is a fantastic place. And I think that we should be nurturing our own talent. I absolutely agree. So taking you back through through your career, then when have you had to dive deep and what did you learn from that experience i think starting the business is always was was probably the the point where because i mean i was never never started a business before and so i'd, I'd been to university and i think there was about 
10 or 15 of us, we, we was at university in York, it was about 10 or 15 of us all said, oh, we want to work in TV. We knew there were some production companies in Leeds. So we were all like, yeah, we'll get a flat together. Yeah, we'll get a house together. This would be great. And then one by one, everybody dropped away. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go back home for a little bit. Oh, I'm just going to go and do this. I'm going to go travelling. And it was left just me and Ollie. Anyway, we, we, we took the plunge and we got ourselves a, a flat here in Leeds. And we were fortunate. I got a job with the company that I'd done the internship with. Um, they, they gave me a role, which I was really grateful of. And um, Ollie got a, a role with a production company here who were the first, one of the first production companies to work on the one show when it first launched. So Ollie was editing the short form content that, that goes into the one show, you know, the little clips that they play, the, the VTs as a junior editor with them. And I'd gone into this uh, TV production company and we were working on different things, but I was always interested in, was, in what was happening online. And, you know, as I sort of said, YouTube was being talked about, this thing called iPlayer was going to be launched and uh, Facebook was still limited to the .ac.uk email addresses. So it was right on the edge, but you could tell something was happening. And for me, I was quite excited about that content production piece. I wasn't as bothered about it being on television. I was excited about the the process of sort of creating this content and engaging. And at that time, talking about online and digital to people who'd worked in broadcasting all their lives was a bit of a dirty word. Like, you shouldn't really be talking about this. Like, we're journalists, we're broadcasters. But I was fortunate that the the boss of that that company, who was a, a brilliant leader, someone who massively inspired me, could see that I had this passion for something and was very excited by it. So gave me an opportunity to look after not the non-broadcast side of things at, at that organisation. And we were looking at things like generating revenue from selling stock footage into the archive. So we had a big animal show. So all the animal clips got cut up and, and put into the archive so that other production companies could type in dolphin and find videos of dolphins. Um, we were doing sort of more traditional corporate, corporate video work. Then also my role was to look at what we could put alongside the broadcast. So if we were doing a television program, what could we put online? And at the time that was doing things like microsites or podcasts audio podcasts in the in the very very early days of itunes and the and the ipod um you know what could we do that actually made that broadcast live beyond its transmission time which sounds bizarre now because we have on demand and youtube and social media and all the rest of it but at that time it was very much in its infancy so i was fortunate that i was looking at, at that kind of stuff of how we could do it and um we're working on, on all that kind of st- stuff together and then me and ollie had got our flat in west park in leeds and we'd come home one night and um, Ollie's, Ollie's a great cook. I'm not. And Ollie would be there throwing all these ingredients in a pan and, you know, frying up some fantastic meal. And I was putting a ready meal out of the freezer. And also I looked at me and said, I just can't believe you eat this stuff. Like there's nothing any good in it for you. I said, you know what? I've, I've never learned to cook. My mum always cooked at home and at uni had housemates that, that cooked and, and so on. And we realised that when you're at uni, there's this kind of shared opportunity for learning. There's always somebody in every hall of residence that does the best spaghetti bolognese or the best curry or the best bacon sandwich or whatever and we said actually there's this opportunity for this peer-to-peer learning and we said oh you know why don't we do some videos for youtube and, and do some recipe stuff maybe we could see if we get some students involved and so on and we we did that and we came up with this this concept called studentcooking.tv and we filmed in our flat we made these little videos and um, I think we thought we'd reinvented the wheel, Mel. I think we thought that uh, Tesco's would be along, paying us millions of pounds, be on a yacht in Barbados <laughs> by now. Obviously, that is not what happened. But through a friend of a friend who knew someone who worked as part of the campus team at uh, Loughborough University, a guy by the name of Malcolm Brown, and we, we had this opportunity to pitch to 
to Malcolm this idea of being a big campus-based university. And in fairness to Malcolm and the team, they saw real value in it. So this could be great because we'd love to talk to our students about stuff that happens outside of the classroom. We'd love to give them uh, that support and build that community um, here, at, here at Loughborough. So, you know, we walked into that meeting and they said, look, we'd, we'd love to run it for a three-month pilot. We sort of made a price upon the spot and they said, yeah, lovely, thank, thank you, send us your invoice. And we walked out the doors of that meeting that day and kind of looked at each other and went, we're going to have to quit our jobs. Like, this is happening. Like, we're, we're going we're gonna to do this. And I was quite disappointed to be quitting my job in all fairness because they'd sat me next to this really attractive girl on my first day and I thought she I was getting on really well with her you know been a couple of years now and I thought maybe she might go on a date with me spoiler alert I'm now married to her and we've got three kids so that bit ended okay yeah but yeah so we we quit our jobs and every penny of the the money from Loughborough went into the business into just absolutely working our backsides off to make student cooking the best it could be we were going into halls of residence opening the cupboards up, seeing what ingredients they got, working with the students to make a meal, doing halls cook-offs, you know, getting the rivalries there and, and championing the people on campus who really wanted to show off their culinary skills, um, talking about, you know, uh, local produce and going finding those local providers and looking at sustainability and all this kind of stuff. And it was really good. And we ran it for three months. And as, as you'll know, Mel, you know, students are a very difficult audience to please. You're never sure whether you're going to get it right or not. Um, but we did a focus group with Loughborough after three months, went quite nervous going into this room, sort of saying, what do you think? And um, I don't know if someone had given them all 10 quid as they walked in the door, but they're like, this is brilliant. We love it. Yeah, it's great. We think it's fantastic. What? Sure enough, off the back of that, through through Malcolm and through obviously the Cubo at the time, the connections they had there, we sort of had six or seven more universities saying, we want to do something with you. We want to work with you on student cooking. And it really just grew from there. And suddenly we had a business, a student cooking evolved it was clear, you know, we were getting quite a lot of traffic to our content and a lot of the university departments that we were working with were sort of saying, well, can we put some of our information there? Because you're getting more traffic to your page than we get to our page on the intranet or, or whatever they had. So then it, the message started to get a bit lost because we'd be like, sort of, they'd say, oh, we've had a few burglaries. Can you just remind students to lock their doors? So we're like cooking a meal, being like, oh, but just better, better go and check out the lock the back door. I don't want to get burgled tonight. <laughs> and it kind of got to the point where we said, hold on, this has kind of got a bit bent out of shape here. So in our terms, we graduated the student cooking project into a browser, which is the tool that we have today, which is the on-campus comms platform. Like I say, white labeled for most of our universities. And that's where they can deliver student well-being and operational messaging, commercial messaging, all the stuff that happens outside of the classroom goes through that tool. So in those early days of sort of starting the business, we really, we didn't know what we were doing in all honesty, but I think we had real belief that we could do it. And I've got some great pictures of sort of me and Ollie in the early days, all just with his head in his hands thinking, what have we done? <laughs> and we were sort of absolutely deep in trying to get 10 videos made by the end of the week for Loughborough that we'd promised them. And, um, you know, but we, we worked really hard. I think we worked out in those first couple of years, I think we paid ourselves about you know just well, just enough to pay the rent and then just enough to buy some food from the market i'll usually at the market on a saturday morning come back with all the stuff for the week and that's just all we had you know we didn't we didn't really go out or do anything but but we loved it because we were we were doing something that we were really passionate about and something that we knew could be a, a future for, for us and, and indeed has become that I, I think that just absolute belief in what you were doing and passion for it allows you to dive deep but you don't you know you almost don't realize you're doing that at the time now it seems crazy now some of the stuff that we did just seems bonkers and we took an office building and we took on employees and we didn't really have 
any contracts in place that could sustain that, but we knew we were going to have them. We knew we would make it happen. We knew we could get there. And sure enough, we did. And we're still here. What a fantastic story. And what a, a great thing about knowing that you have that passion and that enables you to, to dive deep. And also, I, as you were chatting there, I was like, oh, yes, student cooking TV. I remember that. That's what you came to talk to us about. I'll give you an exclusive for your podcast. We are looking at the a possibility of bringing a version of this back. I think, you know, food's become very high on the agenda again. We're talking to a, a couple of universities and a private provider who all say, you know, we're currently doing X, Y, and Z. You know, they're getting chefs in to do cooking demonstrations and so on, but actually having a, a digital home for all of it that links all of it up. And again, builds community, community being this, the word that's so important across all of this. So um, yes, it may not be that long until we see a new look, studentcooking.tv back in the sector. And, and that'll be very exciting for us if we can make that happen. Fab, having dived deep then, when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree? I love that phrase. Some people say to me, what are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing a, a podcast with, uh, with Matt and I'm going to tell her about when I was a fish that climbed a tree. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant phrase, isn't it? I don't know. So, I mean, we were, well, obviously we've been running the business since 2007. And I think we got to that point where we wanted to take on some investment to grow the business and uh, make it better. And we became part of a group that was very good for us. It, it enabled us to do a lot more with our technology. And um, we built the platform significantly during that time and, and other things as well. And I think we'd been in part of that group for sort of two or three years and that group had been on quite a big acquisition path of bringing in other businesses and so on. I think it got to the point where we, we didn't quite fit anymore within that, that group structure. You know, once, we, once you've kind of been acquired by another company, that's kind of the, that's kind of the end of the story, isn't it? You're part of, part of that group. But the group had decided they were going to rebrand everything under one identity. And we'd had the conversation internally here with the staff. And we said, look, this is how it's going to work and this is what we're going to do and what's your sort of view on it. And um, we use Google Docs as our sort of, well, Google Workspace as our internal tool. We said, look, we'll set up a Google Doc. If you can put your comments in there as sort of your thoughts and feelings around this, you haven't got to put your name next to it if you don't want to. But we'd love to get everybody's feedback just so we can try and make this process work for all of us. And um, every single person in the business commented, every single person left a really intelligent, well thought out, you know, not, not a, a nasty or aggressive way, but everyone put down how they felt about campus life and what it meant to them and what they believed our future was. And every single person put their name next to it as well. There was no anonymous comments. And it was really clear what they wanted for the future of this business wasn't going to be possible within that group just because that group had a really clear vision of what it wanted to achieve and, and, and it knew where it wanted to go. So we went and had the conversation with that group and it was a... It felt, it felt like the impossible task, you know, because we'd been acquired by another business. And that really is, like I say, usually the end of that story. But I knew I had to do it because I had all these, had everybody else in the business saying, this is how we feel and this is what we'd like to see for Campus Life. So I had to do that. And we went and had that conversation. And in fairness to that group, a very amicable conversation and, and a good outcome of it was that we were able to take campus life back and be independent again and actually fulfill our ambition and, and fulfill our vision which is you know the path that we're now on now on but yeah there was definitely a period of time there where it felt like we were trying to achieve the impossible but but I but I but I knew it was the right direction because I knew I had the whole team behind it saying this is what we want and actually as a leader that was a that was a great feeling that we had people who were so passionate cared so much about it and that had taken the time to really clearly articulate 
why it meant that we knew that was the right path. And like I say, very grateful to that group for allowing that to, to be the case. And that was sort of end of 2018. So it's been a, a few years now since that was the case. Yeah, we're on the right path and we're, we're pushing forward and um, still have a great team behind it as well. So I think that was a time that I was a fish that climbed a tree. What a great story and, and so much richness in that. Thank you for sharing that. I've so enjoyed our conversation. How can people connect with you, find out more? So if they want to send us a fax, uh, fax number is... <laughs> can't do that. Yeah, you'll find us online. So on all the social networks, we're Campus Life UK. Um, and our website is campuslife.co.uk. Um, always very happy to have a conversation with people, even if they just want a bit of advice or pick our brains or want to know, you know, what direction something's going in. We're, we're always up for that conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. Absolutely loved it. I'm sure our listeners will love it. What final words of wisdom would you like to leave them with? I think we, you know, we, when we talked about the topics within this podcast, we talked a lot about leadership. An idol of mine is my dad. My dad was a, a Butlin's Redcoat growing up. When I think being a Butlin's Redcoat was actually a very prestigious thing to be, you know, in the probably 60s, 70s time. And um, he's then gone into sales and has been a business leader himself. He, he always says the phrase, people buy from people. And that's always resonated with me. And I think whether it's you're selling something or, or you need the buy-in of someone to, to work with you, I think the full saying is people buy from people they trust and they trust people they like. There's more to that sentence than it first looks. But having great people around you let you do great things and makes life much more enjoyable. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. <laughs>